welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Well, I moved into this room, if you could call it that, a week ago. I never do what I'm supposed to do, hardly even know my name anymore. No one calls it out, kind of vanishes away. I can't get to sleep at night The parking lot's so loud and bright The AC hasn't worked in 20 years Probably never made a single person cold But I can't say the same for me I've done it many times Somebody take me home Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 231, Back on the Board in Bama. And I am your host and the guy who had a slow five days in the turkey woods this past week. And I've got to get a move on because we are 26 days, 22 hours, 22 minutes, and 50 seconds away from the end of turkey season in Alabama. Yes, I have had a couple of very good hunts over the past week, but there have been no shots fired. It's all right. I know it will happen. The birds are still not right just yet. They should start getting that way really any day now. I'm thinking that we're about at that time of the season where the hens are starting to slip away mid-morning, late morning, and the gobblers are lonely, and that's when I need to be there to meet them. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed the little intro music today. That is Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit singing a little ditty called Alabama Pines. If y'all like that, go check him out. So, I'm going to be quick today because I have a long episode for you. And yes, the title, well, it's probably a dead giveaway. Because today I am playing for you the audio from my successful Alabama turkey hunt from a couple of weeks ago. And the interview with Scott McDonald, who was with me on that hunt and who got a bird himself in Alabama. So Scott's able to mark one more state off of his list. And that's a good thing. And we are not going to delay. We're going to jump right into this. Here is the interview with Scott and then the audio from the hunt. And I will see you guys on the other side. 
Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you I have on the line with me today Scott McDonald from Mississippi. And Scott is a listener of the show. And Scott and I have been in touch with each other several times over the past year when he heard about my, I'm not going to say misfortunes in Mississippi, but lack of luck in Mississippi is probably a better way to say that because I had some good fortune. I just couldn't make it happen. So Scott and I throughout the the year have been staying in touch with one another and Scott's also in the process of trying to complete his super slam and Scott needs a bird in Alabama. And since Scott needs a bird in Alabama and I need a bird in Mississippi, we figured we could do a little swapping out of some hunting spots. And so Scott got me several locations on public land in Mississippi and in exchange Scott was going to come stay with me for a few days in Alabama and see if we couldn't get him a bird here in Alabama on my hunting club property. Well you guys all know Cameron ended up killing a bird in Mississippi on public land opening weekend and I did not. Not a big deal. It was a great weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed the hunt with Cameron and getting to see him whack a bird. So Scott was scheduled to come in sometime on Tuesday after work and he was going to hunt with me Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning before I loaded up to go back to Mississippi to see if I could kill my Mississippi bird there. So Scott, you drove straight in from work where you've been working nights. Is that correct? That's right. That's correct. So how long had you been up straight when you got to, well, how about this? How long you had you been up straight when you finally went to bed Tuesday night? Ah, uh, probably, I guess I get up about four o'clock to go to work in the afternoon, got off at 6.30 that morning, and then I guess crashed at your camp about nine o'clock that night, so well over 24 hours. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Even during it's turkey hard. season, I can't do that. That's tough. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Well, so you came in on Tuesday afternoon, and we, I don't think we got any birds roosted Tuesday, did we? No, I didn't hear anything. I heard a bunch of coyotes. Yeah. No birds. Wednesday morning, we had a little bit of excitement. So Wednesday morning, we went into an area that I'd gone into Monday morning. And I spooked a gobbler off the roost Monday morning, and he flew down the road, landed in a tree, and I thought, okay, this is perfect. I now have separated him from his hens, and so all I need to do is set up in this road in between him and hens. Well, I got duped by a second bird that I didn't know was in there that started gobbling a little bit further back from where this bird flew. And so... I got up and started walking towards that bird, thinking he was the bird that I bumped. And then I bumped the first bird a second time. And I couldn't see very well, but it looked like he may have left the county. <laughs> because that joker was still flapping wings when he cleared the last tree in the cutover headed towards the highway. So That's a long way. That's a long way, and I think he may have caught an Uber out there and I don't know where he went from there but we hadn't seen or heard of him since so 
we got in there Wednesday morning into that area because I thought that maybe he would have come back in there by then. And I knew there was a second bird in there anyway. And so we get out of the truck and we walk, what would you say, 60, 75 yards? Maybe. Yeah. And we hear a hen yelp. So we just stop. We're standing in the middle of the road. Yeah, we were just out of sight of the truck, like yeah, maybe maybe 80 yards at the max. One curve in the road away from the truck, and that was it. And so we stood there in the road for several minutes, and then turkeys started pitching down everywhere around us. <laughs> On the hillside, and one of them tried to pitch down in the road next to us and thought better of that, and no gobbler in sight. But we had a little excitement with turkeys trying to roost on our shoulders. Yeah, I thought the one hen was about to knock your hat off. That was that was pretty cool because she she didn't know what to do, but she knew she needed to land. Yeah, yeah, I think she had she committed at that point to land and knew it was going to happen, whether it was going to happen in my lap or <laughs> on the next hillside over. She didn't. I don't. I don't think she really figured that out until the last second that she better bank and move away from that tree that was standing in the road with a shotgun on his shoulder. And so that was about all the excitement we had going on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I had a plan. And my plan was to go to another piece of property that is part of our hunting camp that's about a 30-minute drive from the actual camp house where we stay. So we got up real early, we drove over there, and we went into this area where I'd seen some gobbler tracks. And when we got in there, I don't even think it was really even daylight before the logging crew fired up. Yeah, they started early that morning. They started early. They were they were getting on it, killing some of our turkey habitat. And so we got in this area where I'd seen some gobbler sign and stopped the truck. And I hooted, and that joker gobbled about 75 yards from the vehicle. So we got all of our stuff together. We backed out, went around, dropped down in the woods between him and a food plot, thinking that he would fly down and then come up to the food plot with some hens. And that didn't happen. And he gobbled, what did he gobble, four times on the ground? Yeah, four, maybe five. And two of those were to somebody that came in there on us and was blowing a crow call? Yep. Had a little help. So we knew we had some competition, and I really think our biggest competition was all of the hens that that gobbler was probably with. Yeah. Because once he flew down, he flew down away from us. Once he flew down, he just gobbled those few times on the ground, and that he just shut up. He was done. But we hung in there in that area for really the entire morning. It was probably... What would you say, 11.30 or so before we left out of there? Yeah, it was 11, 11.30 before we left out. And while we were sitting there on top of that hill next to that road, I heard, I know two other birds fly down in the direction that he gobbled. So, yeah, he was probably eat up with hens. Yeah. So after sitting around doing some blind calling and trying to make something happen in that area where, where we last heard the turkey, Scott and I made the decision to go back to the truck and fix a couple of sandwiches and ride over into an area where we could glass and eat lunch. And so we pull up into this area where we can glass and eat lunch. And this this property is pretty hilly where we are. And we drive the truck and get up on top of one of the hills. Well, first of all, 
Scott, we pull up to the gate to go into this section of property. And Scott gets out, unlocks the gate, and I said, just leave it open. We're, you know, I don't think we're going to be here for very long. So he gets back in and I said, wouldn't it be great if we pull up on top of this hill and there's a gobbler strutting with about five or six hens right out there? And he said, wouldn't it be great if we pull up on top of this hill and there are two gobblers strutting out there with about five or six hens? And I said, ooh, yeah, that'd be really good. Gonna wish, wish good. You're right. And here's why. So Scott and I drive up to the top of the hill in the truck and I'm looking ahead of us to, and to the right. Scott's looking ahead of us and to the left and says, there they are right there. I said, where? And he said, they're right there on the road on that hill. And I look over and they're what? Probably 400 yards from us? A little over 400 yards. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said, what's the plan? I said, well, the plan is to get out of here because we can't go straight to them. There's no way. It's too open where we are. It's too open where they are. So we back out of that area, drive past a road, the road that the turkeys are on, and I look and get to thinking, well, there's no way for us to get to them going down that road either. But there was a hill on the other side of the turkeys. And I knew if we could park the vehicle out of sight of those turkeys, we'd be able to walk up that hill and be in pretty good position on them. So we park on the side of the highway, get all of our stuff together. And Scott, I want to hear your perspective on the hunt because I know what I saw, but you were right there pretty much behind me the whole way, but I still don't know what you saw and what was going through your mind as this hunt progressed. So take us through your recollection of what happened once we got out of the truck. All right. Well, first off, first time ever fanning one, so I wasn't real sure totally what to expect. I did get to see my little girl fan one the year, year prior in Florida finish her grand slam and she shot a bird at four feet so I knew it would be pretty interesting and <laughs> so <laughs> but first you know main thing was making sure I had shells because it was kind of a frantic you know hurry up and get there kind of deal and yeah wanted to make sure I had my shells so I grabbed my two shells which was almost not enough <laughs> a little <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. You you were loading up pretty heavy, so I was like, well, I've, two shells should be enough. I mean, it's either going to happen or not. So we we take off towards the hill that is blocking, the, you know, us from the birds, and it is thick cutover, so we're trying to pick our way the best that we could through the treetop. We did have to cross one, one creek and had a pretty good swampy area, so we picked our way through it. Once we started the, the incline of the hill, it was a, I pretty much stuck right to you because I didn't know when or basically when the gobblers or the turkeys would, if they would actually meet us, if they were coming our way, if we would meet up, meet up with them. If, you know, we did, I wanted to be right there close to you. Yeah. So basically step for step, I was just right behind the shadow and you, and it, it worked out pretty good. You, you'd go forward. I'd go forward. If you took a right, I was right there with you, just shadowing you. And we got to the top of the hill and it got a little interesting because it was a bunching ground and they, all the treetops were piled up in just a big pile and, you know, in a big line. So we had to figure out a way through that, which without actually cresting the top of the hill and, you know, blowing our cover. Yeah. So that was, 
that was a little interesting. You know, you, you picked a path. I kind of hung back. Once you got over, you made sure that everything was all clear. So I crawled up through it. And from there on for about probably, I think it was 30, 40 yards, we crawled on our hands and knees, staying as low as we could to the crest of the hill. And at that point, you know, I, I kind of just, I stayed low while you, you raised up. And I was just watching you, and I could tell that you could see the bird, and that's when you actually said that you're looking at the gobbler, the strutting bird, and mm-hmm. that he was looking back at you. And that's kind of when my nerves started going south. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was fixed. To, something was fixing to happen. So we kind of, I think we inched a little bit further up to, towards the crest of the hill. We never yeah. did crest the hill. And I actually was able to raise up and see the strutting bird before he dropped off into the, the hole to where we couldn't see him anymore. You had said that the strutting bird was coming this way, and the, the other bird that wasn't strutting said he had started our way. So at that point, we couldn't see either one of them, and it was, it was pretty nerve-wracking for me. Yeah. Because like we had, I'm not going to say discussed, it was pretty much said that <laughs> I was shooting first, no matter what. It wasn't. We wasn't worried about the double. We were just worried about me getting the bird, which is a little different than I'm used to. So oh, I wasn't yeah. gonna argue with you. But there was no <laughs> question that you were shooting, and if an opportunity for a double presented itself, then I would worry about me later. And so yeah. We were not going to risk you not getting a chance at filling your Alabama tag when we were that close to a bird. And so Scott readily took me up on the recommendation. It really wasn't even a recommendation. <laughs> it was an order. <laughs> yeah, you look back, you said, we're not counting down. You're shooting. So uh-huh. that's that. <laughs> yeah. Was, you okay. Said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I just I I basically scooted up right to your right, and you're holding the fan up, watching you know watching for the bird. I was sitting a little bit lower than you because I didn't didn't want them to skylight it. And uh, you know we it took it seemed like forever, and I'm I got to shaking pretty darn bad. Just my nerves, and with them and turkeys, it, I get they get shot pretty bad. Yeah. And I didn't know if the birds were hooking us. I didn't know what side they were going to pop up on. If they were going to pop up to our far right, to our far left. You know, you were saying the same thing. You didn't know exactly where they went. You told me to make a, a light yelp, try to figure out what the deal was with them. I, I remember making a as, as good a yelp as I could make with a, a dry mouth and shaking like I was shaking. <laughs> and then it wasn't just a... A couple, I don't even know how, it wasn't very much longer. I, I, I do remember hearing you say, there, there's one's head, there's one right there. And I'd been looking at him for about, I don't know, probably a couple seconds before you said that. And I was shaking so bad I couldn't even keep my eye on him. <laughs> but <laughs> when you said that, I was able to calm my nerves enough to settle my, my red knot on his head. I pulled the trigger and I just saw what appeared to be a backflip from him. Mm-hmm. We did that. I just kind of popped up on my knees. You popped up, and the other bird was to our left, walking to our left, and you were able to get a shot off on him. And it was pretty neat just seeing the you, – because you couldn't see nothing but the top of his head, or I guess from the waddles up, basically. Yeah. And you could see the, your pattern actually going to him down the, you know, down the ground, which was pretty cool. And then he got his wings under him somehow, and that's what I – I stepped off to the side, and – I looked back at you. You had pumped your gun, was ready for a follow-up shot, and I was 
I just told myself I did not feel like chasing a wounded bird through a cutover. So no. I raised up and helped you follow up shot. We both shot. I shot first, you shot second, and the bird hits the ground. And then you take off running and finish him off, which he, he wasn't going anywhere. And I, was, I don't know, that's when my back spasms and my... <laughs> uh, I hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I was warned about what might happen to you when you got the chance to shoot a bird after the shot. And I thought, yep. I think your buddy Bradley's messing with me. I don't think <laughs> Scott really does all that or acts like that after after he shoots a turkey. But Scott does. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, I you're about lock up. I do. I can't explain it. I mean, prior to the shot, I actually I lose the feeling in my hand and my arm. I'll probably die of a heart attack one day, which would be fine. I mean, if I go like that, that'll be the that'll be the way to go. Amen. But you know, it's it's weird. I, I lose the the feeling in my hands and my arms, and then I, then I'll calm down. I'll make the shot. But after the shot, I'll have back spasms. I lock up. I'll actually hit the ground on my knees, and I'll go to dry heaving for some reason. I don't know why I do it, but I do it. <laughs> Everybody gets a kick out of it that hunts with me. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's comical, but I can't control it. And you know, give me. I'm like Stan Potts. You gotta give me a minute, folks. Yeah, <laughs> give me, give me 30 seconds. I'll calm down, and then it's all good. Yeah. Well, I would much rather see someone react the way that you react after shooting than I would someone who just has no emotion whatsoever. And so, you know, that level of excitement that you get to after that shot is really awesome. I mean, it to me, it shows how much passion you have for the sport, how much respect you have for the birds, and, you know, some weird physiological stuff going on there, Scott. But <laughs> mentally, I think you're all there. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, I can't tell you how many birds Bradley has had to run out and check on for me because I've, I've had to just lay down on the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite comical. Yeah. Well, everyone's going to get to hear the after effects of your of your shot because i'm going to play the audio for our hunt and you know one thing that when you're telling the story and kind of setting that scene so when i pop up and i look out ahead of us when you know when we get up to the top of the hill in the cutover where the birds are and i pop up and i see them those turkeys are probably 100 yards away and what i don't think i realized is how much that hill rolled downward to get to the road that those turkeys were on. And so there was quite a pretty tall dip in the road there, you know, or, or I should say really I was kind of obstructed from seeing the entire road where it led into that food plot. And that first turkey just absolutely disappeared in that dip. And I was thinking he's going to pop his head up over that ridge any time. And he didn't. Mm-mm. You know, and, and no, it took forever. It did, and you know that's what Scott was saying. We thought that bird was going to flank us and circle us and come around, and you know, then I got to thinking he's just left. I mean, I, you know, there's all these thoughts going through your mind, and really, what he had done was just walk down to the base of the hill and stand there and wait on his two-year-old buddy to walk up there and check on things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
send him a good buddy there. Yeah, you go take care of him. That's right. Yeah. If you need yeah, some help, I got your home. back. But right now I'm, yeah, I'm a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> this poor old buddy got knocked out. <laughs> he did. He did. He got waylaid for sure. So that was your first time experiencing fanning. What uh, what are your thoughts about all that? Yes. It is it's cool. I mean it it's some controversy that goes along with it of course, but I mean it's you gotta be careful doing it. Like you can't you really I, there's no way I would try it on public land. You gotta no. and you gotta be careful on private land. I mean we we had people walk on us, you know, on your club. Oh yeah. But under the the right circumstances, the right bird, the right situation, I, it is a rush. I mean, it's that was cool. I, that's a, that was a new one for me, and I would definitely do it again. Yeah. There were a couple of things about that entire hunt that made me comfortable fanning, and one was the fact yeah. that the turkeys were on the other side of the hill. If someone was, if a person was on the other side of the hill, the turkeys would not have been there. That's right. And then the side of the hill that we came up, shoot, somebody coming in behind us could have seen us from 400 yards away. So I had very, very little concern about using that fan in that circumstance. And you're right, though, even on private land, you've got to be careful. And, you know, there's places on that property that I would not use it. You know, if we were in the woods, I I wouldn't have used it. There's really no reason to use it in the woods because I don't think it is nearly as effective in the woods as it is in an open setting. Plus, I don't, as much of a rush as it is, if you said you got to pick, are you going to fan or call and we're in the woods, I'm calling. Oh, no doubt. If we're in a field and you said you've got a fan or call and I really feel like we could do some good with calling, I'm calling. But as a last resort in an open area in a field, the fan is very effective. Yeah. It's very effective. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So good deal. Well, I appreciate you sharing your perspective of that story. And I'm going to play the audio for everyone. And if you guys listen to the show, if hearing someone gag is, <laughs> or I, sh- I should say dry heave, is going to bother you, then you may want to turn the volume down after the shot or shot because it's no fun just shooting one time. So, That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy the audio. promise to look at that stump right there only three more times between here and there. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's get in there. You might be able to jump across up here. You want to try it? better balance than I do. Okay, right here I just cut out about 2 minutes and 32 seconds of nothing but leaf crunching, me breathing heavily, and the wind blowing. So you didn't miss much. So you know, 
There is no one, two, three. Okay. You're shooting and I'll follow up. Okay. You're you're killing one of these birds. Okay, I cut out three minutes and 16 seconds of wind blowing and leaf crunching goodness for you guys. And then here's what happens. So, assuming they're still in the same spot, which we don't know, they're not going to be, we're not going to be able to see them when we slip up to this food plot, but let's slip up on the side of this brush pile and just ease up with the fan and stay fairly close to me. So at this point in our walk towards the turkeys, I've gotten my phone out to pull up OnX and just double check our location in comparison with where we last saw the turkeys, or we thought we last saw the turkeys. So they were right here, just about where the X is. So I think if we can get up here just to the crest of this hill, we ought to be able to let them in. Get his attention anyway. He's got a top ram call in. So what I'm doing right here is as we're walking towards the crest of that hill, we're crouched down and walking just to keep a low profile. And every so often, every few steps, I'll slowly stand upright and a lot of times I'll even get on my tiptoes just to kind of peek over the crest of that hill to see 
what's out on the other side of it. And so that's what I mean when I say I'm going to ease up a little bit. See the other one, I hope he's not circling us. 
six. You see his head. You roll it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Congratulations, buddy. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, I can't breathe. Oh yeah. Thank you, Lord. You all right? Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I was going to see if you ask if you saw it. There it is. Oh, yeah. No, this is way more important than the telephone. Shot. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the backup shot. I was like, oh, yeah, he's hit. <laughs> oh, Did man. You know your pattern goes to it? Uh-uh. Like his head was just right there. It was, it was right there at him, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean you could you could hardly see any of his Dude, none thinking, of his body. My dot went and he said I mean he was up good. He was like you could see his head and my dot was going all over. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Alabama, check. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what makes it better than Alabama check is double. A double. Oh, yes. Oh, man. I guess he hung up right here waiting on that other one, maybe. I think that's what happened. Or he was probably waiting on and the it crest. Could be, but I think that was the, the second bird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that plan. I've, you know, I've been out drinking yeah. as a kid plenty yeah, of times. You, you, you can handle him. I got your back. Yeah. You hear what he said to you? Holy crap, dude. Oh, you got some good birds. Nice bird. Yep. That's our bird, and that's your bird. So we still got tomorrow morning and this afternoon. Oh, you can't get one this afternoon. All right, so I didn't give you guys a narrative on too much of this before we got out here, but I'm here with my buddy Scott McDonald from Mississippi. And Scott was kind enough to get me and Cameron all over birds this past weekend on public land in Mississippi and I can't tell you where because it's all top secret. I've been sworn to secrecy. And so Scott Scott and I had arranged well before season 
to swap out hunts and because he needs a turkey in Alabama for his super slam and of course you guys know I already need one in Mississippi and so I had we I'm not going to tell the whole story because I'm going to have to get we'll just do an interview with you Scott and, and we'll relive the whole story but we spotted these two birds and out in wide open cut over and made some magic happen that's all I can say so Scott not only got an Alabama bird but he backed me up on my Alabama bird <laughs> and so we have two nice long beards to get some pictures taken with and you know what I'm glad I didn't buy more chicken at the store because <laughs> we got turkey on the smoker tonight turkey. man that was awesome That was awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. You too. Heck yeah. Hey, Nothing first like bird in two years. Well, first Alabama bird in two years. Nothing like that. No, sir. Holy cow. Oh. <laughs> so, in a matter of, I'd say we were probably 12, 13 minutes away from the truck since we left the truck. We yep. had two birds down, and yep. to say we were both fired up would be an understatement. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I was doubly fired up because Scott got his Alabama turkey, which was a big deal because you'd hunted Alabama before. I hunted it the year before, and almost got a buddy of mine a bird, but never, never quite worked out, and I never had an opportunity of a bird. Yeah, and so not only did we get Alabama marked off of Scott's list, but... We got Alabama marked off of my list. <laughs> so it was an awesome hunt. You know, it's a little unconventional hunt, but it's hard to have a conventional hunt when you've got eight turkeys out in a wide open space that they can see half a mile That's all tough. around them. And six of those eight turkeys are female and so, you know, the chances of us being able to call them in were as close to zero as they get, I think. No, in the position they were in, it was, uh, yeah, definitely, I'd say about zero, because they could see everything they needed to see, and you make a call on top of that hill, they're going to look up there and not see anything, and the hymns is going to go the other way. Mm-hmm, yep. So, it was a heck of a trip. We had a, we had a good time, got a couple of birds down, and... Got to do some shooting, because if you shoot once, that's not that much fun. <laughs> I've been telling you guys that for years, and Scott believes it now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I like to shoot more than once. Shooting them, shooting one time is not that much fun. The fun is in the shooting. The work happens after you kill. Then you got birds to clean and birds to report and all kinds of stuff. But we had one more morning to hunt after thursday so we were both done thursday and i think we ended up killing it was right around 12 30 wasn't it well 31 o'clock maybe one o'clock okay so that finished up our hunt for the day since we're only allowed one bird per day in alabama and so that actually worked out pretty well for me because i was able to get back to the camp and clean the birds and get some work done so that was a, a help for me and we hunted Friday morning. Did we even hear a bird gobble Friday morning? Way off, like in the next county. We we did we didn't get skunked. We did hear a bird, but it was forever off, a long yeah. ways. We 
walked in that direction towards him and couldn't get anything else going. But we did call in another hunter. Yep, again. (laughs) (laughs) That place I'm hunting, it's got some people hunting it, doesn't it? It it does. It it reminds you a lot of public land, but it's... It's different. I'm not convinced that there might be fewer hunters on public land, especially during the week. I would have to agree with you on that one because there probably wasn't a foal on some public land close to where we were at. <laughs> yeah. So, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. No, no. It, it's a good piece of property and, you know, it's got turkeys on it. And I don't know how many turkeys it's going to have on it in about three or three to five years after all the tree killing that's going on is happening around there, but yeah, I'll worry with that in three to five years. So it was, it was awesome. And I mean, I, I'm still fired up about that hunt. That's the first double I've had in a little bit. I don't even think I doubled with anybody last year. And so it probably had to be the year before that, that was the last time I doubled with somebody. And so that's, that's always fun. You get somebody to celebrate it with and, you know, then it's getting one of these states that's on your list and a state you've already been to that you didn't kill in getting marked off the list. Man, I mean, it's it's hard to get any better than that. Down a southeastern state on top of that. So, yeah, it's, I was beyond happy, to say the least. Yes, indeed. Did we eat good Thursday night? I would say so. That was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, that was pretty fine eating. That's hard to beat. Fresh, never frozen, all natural, non-GMO, no steroid, wild turkey breast. Oh, yours might have had some steroids to it because that was pretty, pretty solid butter. <laughs> he was pretty big. Yeah, I thought it was huge. We had one of the breasts or half breasts off the, off of the bird that I shot, and we weighed that turkey because we both looked at him. After we shot, we had the two birds almost side by side and we're looking at them. And there was a noticeable size difference in the bird that I shot, the strutter, and the bird that Scott shot, which was the subordinate bird. And it was, what, a little over three and a half pounds? Is that right? Yeah, it was. So your bird is about 16 and a half and mine was just over 20. But your bird, ha- didn't your bird have a longer beard? No, yours has had longer beard and longer spurs. Okay. Yeah, mine was, I don't remember the exact nine-something. Yours, maybe yours is ten, ten-something. Well, at this stage, the beard on mine was <laughs> 12 and a quarter. <laughs> the spurs were inch and three-eighths. Yeah. And when I tell the story later this week, <laughs> it'll be 12 and a half inch beard and inch and a half spurs, 22 That's right. pounds. That's right. <laughs> I didn't care. I was happy. <laughs> Man, yeah. That was a fun trip. And, you know, I, I've i enjoyed getting to know you and Bradley a lot better, even more so than texting with you for the past 10 months. And so it was it was fun to get to spend some time with you, get to know you better and, and hunt with you some more. You and I hunted together a little bit when I was in Mississippi opening weekend. And it's always fun sharing the woods doing something you enjoy doing with with somebody that enjoys it as much as you do and, you know, has the same values and the same beliefs and everything else. And so it was an all-around great adventure, and I appreciate you coming and spending some time with me, and congrats on your turkey. 
I appreciate the opportunity. And I truly appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you. Uh, you're you're very welcome, and I'm glad we can get a ugly Alabama marked off your list. And you just got Georgia marked off there this past week, didn't you? Yeah, so after the hunt ended Friday morning, I loaded up and I headed to Georgia for their opener, which was on Saturday. I hunted in the northwest part of the state Saturday morning overlooking a, just a gorgeous valley, and I didn't hear a bird. So I hunted until after lunch up in the mountains, and I decided to head to East Georgia and found some public land out there. And I actually found some birds. I was on a bird Sunday morning that I had a real good chance at getting. All it was between me and him was the top of a ridge. I had him, I'm going to say within 50 yards, what it sounded like. All he had to do was look over the ridge, and it may have been over. And I had somebody come in on top of me that morning. I was a mile and a half off the road. Monday morning, Bradley got off of work Monday morning, and he drove over to Georgia. I think he got to Georgia around, I guess, 3 or 4 o'clock, and he stopped in western Georgia at some public land, and he said that's about as far as he was going to make it before he had to get some rest. And, uh, he was going to hunt there. So he did that. Monday morning where I was at, I actually got on two more birds in another spot and had somebody slip in between me and the birds and shot at the bird i've i've dealt with some pressure before but it was it was a pile of folks on this place yeah it was a little nerve-wracking because nobody had really any respect for your area you know you can a lot of people sound real good on a turkey call but you can do certain things that people should know that it's a hunter right and you know if you if you do those things and then somebody totally disregards it and then comes in there on top of you it can create a dangerous situation because they may not know where you are. You may not know where they are. So yeah. a little nerve-wracking. Bradley actually killed a bird Tuesday morning, which I believe was his birthday, so that was pretty cool. He, he punched his Georgia tag with the, the birthday bird. Yeah. I didn't do anything on Tuesday. Wednesday, I got on some birds and actually had some more two two other groups of people come in on top of me. <laughs> that's, that's the morning that was, that was pretty rough. I, I rushed my shot. I should have waited, I guess. They may have got spooked, but I rushed my shot. I rolled the bird. He gets up and flies, hit the tree. And then I watch him fly over a big swampy area, and he's out there, look like 200 yards or so, and I watch him fall out of the sky, which is not what you want to see. I was hoping just to see him sail, you know, away. But right. I watched him fall, and it, I searched that swamp for three hours, never found him, just... I don't know. It makes me sick to wound any animal, but turkeys especially. You know, you don't want to do that. Yeah. But I'd about had all I could take with the the extra help in the area, I would say. And I talked to Bradley, and he had said that he had found a spot that was actually, you know, less people on. So I loaded up and I headed west. And it was it <laughs> it was quite comical because we walked two miles into a spot Thursday morning on some birds that were gobbling really good and we had two different guys come in on top of us that morning and i just looked at him i was, I was like man i apologize because it's yeah i just i'm attracting people i don't know what the deal is this year and so he actually left that morning had to go get his tags for south carolina because they changed something this year to where you actually had to pick up your tags so he he left me to hunt thursday morning while he went and did that and I made a huge loop and was actually able to strike a bird later that morning. And he had actually, once my phone got some service, had sent me a pen 
saying, hey, on the way out, I heard a bird in this area. You might want to check him out. And it wound up being the exact spot that I got on his bird. And it took me about two hours, a little chess game with them, moving and calling and moving and calling. But I was able to, to eventually take one of those birds. And he, was, he was a fine one. Yeah. So I legit punched my Georgia tag. I had a bird in hand, so I was beyond happy, except for the two-mile hike out from that area with a 20-pound bird. That's not any fun. But late that <laughs> yes, afternoon, I roosted another bird. Which is, you know, I, it was crazy. Roosted a bird, and Bradley came in that night, and I told him where I'd roosted at. And I said, "Look, let's, in the morning, let's let's split up." I said, "You get on one side of it, and I'll get on the other. We should, one of us should get him." You know, as our last morning to hunt before we came home, we were able to get in there tight. I mean, real tight. I caught an old ditch like wash, and was able to walk that wash all the way down to a creek bottom that was. I sat down 80 yards from the bird on the limb and Bradley was able to come around on the top side of him in a pine plantation that fell off into these hardwoods and he was able to set up I'm gonna say probably 80 yards on the other side of him and between me and him what we wasn't sitting 100 yards apart but it was a thicket in between us and I actually got it all on audio that was I turned my phone on and just set it to the side and the whole hunt took 11 and a half minutes the hand that he was with pitched out and hit 40, they, they lit 40 yards from me, just perfect. And Bradley had made one tree yelp when he was, you know, above the bird. And Jealousy got that bird. He he couldn't handle that, that one loss of hand over there that he had heard that was away from the other hand. They just checked it out. And he walked up about 25 yards from, from Bradley, and he rolled him. So that was nice. a pretty good ending to a, a pretty a pretty good week. I mean, I, I was complaining about the... You know, all my hunts that got, you know, messed up. But you look back on it, on all the opportunities I had and all the birds that I got on, it was a pretty unreal week. So I can't complain. Yeah, those are good weeks to have, even though you did have some competition in the woods. Yeah, it was it was definitely some competition in the woods. And the middle of the week was really surprising. But I guess everybody figures that everybody else would be at work, so they all took off. So it <laughs> kind of yeah. backfired on us all. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, I'm glad that you got Georgia marked off the list, too. Me, too. These, these southeastern states, are they're fun, but not fun. Anybody that hunts them will know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. And what's next on the agenda for you? Where are you traveling to now? Uh, I leave Friday. I'm going to head to Oklahoma for their opener this weekend. And then I'll be in Arkansas, I guess, Sunday night for their opener on Monday. And if all the holes in the keys line up, they're good in Arkansas and Oklahoma. I'll jump to probably Tennessee or Louisiana for a few days and then have to go back to work for a little while before I take off again. Good deal. How many states do you have on your list to try to mark off for this year? Who? Let's see. I'm going to ask you. Alabama, Georgia, hopefully Tennessee, Arkansas, Oklahoma, maybe Louisiana. If the timing works out, and then we got a trip that's going to go California, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota. Uh, my counting, that's t- that's twelve states. So it's a it's pretty big year for us. Oh, <laughs> and my buddy Bradley's travel. We <laughs> that's our, our work kind of messes. Yeah, our work kind of messes us up every other year because work we're in, we had an outage at our plant, and of course the powers that be decided it'd be a great time to do it in April and May. So it kind of puts a damper on our season every other year. So we'll try to capitalize on it on the years that we're free. Yeah, well, I wish you a lot of success. I hope you mark all 12 of them off the list this year. 
I, I sure hope to. I don't want to eat any tags, but if I do, I do. Just have to go back. It's a it's a fun experience. It's it's a grind. It's you know it can be stressful, but see new places, meet new people. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. Well, good deal, man. Well, I appreciate you taking time out and coming on the show and sharing the story with us. And I'm glad to have shared the woods with you a couple of times in a couple of different states and we need to try to make it happen again in another state sometime soon yeah i definitely enjoyed it and definitely plan on we'll have to hit up another state together try to knock another one out all right let's do it to it yeah we're gonna be in arkansas but probably three days apart i hope so i'm hoping i'm not still there (laughs) (laughs) i hope you're not still there too But if you are, maybe we can get together and have some biscuits and chocolate gravy. I hear it's it's the thing to do. That's right. That's right. Make the best of it. Mm -hmm. Good deal, man. Well, thank you again. I really do appreciate your help in Mississippi. And Cameron is still on cloud nine about that. So that's exciting stuff for him. And it was exciting stuff for me. It's always good to get that first bird under your belt for the season and get that done. So it was big fun. I'm glad I could help. I just hate, hate you hate you left for that one that weekend anyway. That's all right. It's all good. I had two more weekends lined up after that, and you know, I almost wanted to mark Mississippi off my list after Cameron killed because that was just such a fun experience. It's a beautiful part of the country. So Good deal. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to let you get back to it because I know you got a, another long day ahead of you at work and probably need to get a little bit of rest. Yep. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Travel safely to Oklahoma, and I look forward to hearing more adventures from you sometime soon. All right, I'll do it. Thanks, man. Have a great night. All right. Goodbye. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that. So because the interview and the audio ran so long today, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the favor of the week. If you would go to my website, www.theturkeyhunterpodcast.com, and click on the link for episode number 231. Copy the URL from that episode and post it on a couple of turkey hunting fan pages on Facebook. Whatever pages about turkey hunting on Facebook that you like to go to and visit, post it on there. And maybe I can talk you into saying something nice about the show along with the post. If you'll do that for me, it helps to give the show some additional exposure and that is awesome. And that is it. That is all for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Yeah.
tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.